Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Locke, directed by Stephen Knight and released in 2013. The plot of Locke goes something like this. Ivan Locke, a father and construction manager, receives a phone call on the eve of the biggest job of his career that sets in motion a series of events that threaten his apparently secure and happy existence. Um, did you find it weird that his name was Ivan? In my head, Ivans are all like Russian or something. Yeah. I don't know. That was that's not really related to them. It's well, just something that I thought of the every so often. The first time I watched, I was like, "Why is he Welsh? He's not really Welsh. That doesn't sound just that accent's not quite right." Really, I thought the accent was great. It got better, but there was a point at which it sounded like he was doing a Richard Burton impersonation. Okay, I don't think I know what Richard Burton sounds like. Oh, he did heaps of voice acting. I'll find you something. I thought the accent was actually really good. Because basically, we just listened to him talk for the whole movie, mm. and oh, it got uh, better. I feel like it got better, but it wasn't at the start. It was like, oh, it was a bit jarring. Oh well, I, I thought it was a really good choice because it was so it's so like lilting and soothing, and mm. so it makes it really easy to listen to. That's probably why they did it. Well, I, I know it was. I know it was. Um, I, I remember seeing this a while ago. I don't remember why I found out about this, but I know that was Tom Hardy's choice. Okay. He chose to do the Welsh accent for the movie. Mm-hmm. So he actually chose to challenge himself a little bit for it, which is interesting. Fair enough. Although he did a really good job as an acting performance. It was amazing. I have a little bit of an issue with reviewing this because I feel like I, I'm going to review it slightly more harshly as a movie than I would have if I were reviewing it as a stage play or a radio play. Because well, yeah, but it is a movie. So but it is a movie, that's so that's do. what I have to do. But um, I, I feel like it's uh, – the the sort of premise of one guy in a car, 90 minutes, making phone calls is really interesting. There are some really good performances, particularly um Andrew Scott as Donald. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Um, the person I went to see the movie with was like, oh, it's Moriarty. Mm. And I was like, it's not Moriarty because in my head for some reason I thought of like, I thought of um, um, Harris – What's right. his name? From he he played Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes movies. No, Jared Harris. Jared Harris, because he's also isn't he also like Moriarty? Yeah, but he's also Moriarty. But like he's played Irish or something. He is Irish. He is Irish. Right. That's what I thought. He was Irish, yeah. and then I thought he wasn't for some reason. But anyway. Andrew Scott is also Irish. Yes, I know. Yeah. But like for some reason, I was like, I couldn't remember that Moriarty. Oh, I don't. I just like, went. I just went like that's really Northern Irish because I don't know. I've been watching. For some reason, I've learned what a Northern Irish accent sounds like recently. You watched The Fall. Yeah. So I'm like, the guy's from Northern Ireland. And that was my first thought. And I didn't put – I thought I recognized some of the voices, but I didn't actually put it all together. And I have i didn't recognize Ruth Wilson, and I've recently spent ages watching Luther, but I didn't quite recognize her. It's, it was – the character was really different from anything I've seen her play. Yeah, I'm not good with voices anyway, but mm. it just it was this weird thing where he was like, it's Moriarty, and I was like, no, it's not. And I just had – that one Moriarty in my yeah. head. Like, I couldn't think of <laughs> yeah. any other Moriarty. Like, there's at least four that I can now think of. <laughs> yeah, without even having to try. People who played Moriarty and yet who at that point. Who are, like, contemporary British actors who could have been in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I was like, that's not Moriarty. Yeah. I don't know why. It just For like- some reason, he was, like, he was the one I connected with Donald. He was so cute and sweet. and Well, he also had the one sort of up moment in the movie yeah like there's this one break in the tension where when he um when ivan tells tells donald to run that was like the one sort of break in the tension so let's talk about the movie the actual movie yeah so what i was yeah what i was thinking is i feel like as a movie 
as a person who likes to watch really good actors, I really enjoyed all the fantastic acting, particularly some of the voice acting. But as a person who likes to watch movies, I found it dragged a little and I felt like it might have worked better as a play. I actually didn't have too many problems with it dragging, which I thought I would. Um, and it was late. It was a nighttime. Like I, I'd gone to work all day. I, I thought I wouldn't be able to enjoy it as much because usually when mm. I go after work, I'm a bit tired, and so I'd rather go to something that's like a little more actiony. And I actually didn't get bored very much. A couple of times I got confused and/or irritated, but I didn't get bored. Mm. Um, and I didn't really like the tension managed to hold up pretty well till the end. Yeah. I felt like it ended kind of abruptly. Yeah, but it sort of ended with the story ending. Like it ended on this big climax of he was all, he very nearly didn't go to see his kid, and then the phone call comes and the baby's crying and he goes. See, I didn't get him not nearly not seeing. I thought he pulled over because that phone call was coming in and he wanted to, like, be stopped to to oh, be able to. Oh, okay. See, I saw cope him with start to I pull didn't... over, and see, I thought because he'd come off a phone call just before with one of his kids, he'd, he'd missed a call from his son. And his mm. son left this message of like, and he was just so scared and horrified. And, and I thought he'd heard his son and it had got to him. And he was like, I really need to look after the kids I have. But then he gets this other phone call and he's like, no, I have to look after all the kids I have. But that was my interpretation. Right. Yeah. So we just had different interpretations of that point in the movie then. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like, and I know this is, you know, always the same thing. I didn't like that the women in this movie were either needy, there was a needy one night stand mm. and his like shrill wife. Yeah. And that was it, basically. Mm. Like there were a lot of guys doing different things, but women were very much. And I think they're they all tr- mothers. Well, I think they tried to avoid that a little bit with the characterization of what the other woman is like. Mm. But then I was just like, well, it doesn't make it any better if you sleep with her and you feel sorry for her well, and she's 40-something. Like, that's not it's, better. Well, it seemed like the crazy old lady trope. Like, it seemed like the crazy old single lady trope that was going on there. And I, I don't was, know. I don't think they were of, trying to no, make her not sympathetic either. No. I don't – I think they were – it was sort of a – but it's hard because it's all from one guy's perspective. Yeah, and, and also we learn a lot of what we learn about her, we learn – from him talking to other people about her, to whom he is trying to be like, to his wife, he's trying to be aloof, to the doctors, he's trying to be like, I'm the father, but I'm not her partner. And like, he, so it's all from his perspective. Yeah. And, and which she makes doesn't... it kind of hard. And I do think they were trying, I do think there was some points where it was trying to make her seem sympathetic, but it was kind of really, it was, it was difficult. And they weren't, neither of them came off as particularly sympathetic. Mm. And you're like, he's the guy who's not sympathetic. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought I, there were a couple of moments where I was like, he's not the good guy that this movie is trying to make him out to be. No. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, I think that was the whole point. It was all about like the hypocrisy of, which is why I wrote that, um, the plot summary I wrote. It was, I t- I, the original one I saw on IMDb was like, dedicated family man and construction manager. And like, it, it made him sound like this saint. And I was like, no, no, that's not the point at all. It's got, it's like that he's got this facade built up. Of what he thinks he is, as opposed to what's actually what he's actually been and what he's actually done. Okay. See, I thought saw it as like the whole movie is about trying to be a good person when you've done the wrong thing. Yep. But they made it out like he did the wrong thing this one time, and now ever since then he's been great and he's always doing the right thing and stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, there there were some scenes where he was yelling at his dead father in the mirror. Mm. Um, which were probably my least favorite scenes. Yeah, where he just seen, comes off as really unpleasant. The, yes, 
I actually kept thinking a couple of times about how this character would be read if it were a woman because he's so career dedicated. Like he spends all this time making, putting so much effort into his job and doing that so well. And then concrete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, lo- I You know what? I totally loved that because it, it was so relevant to what everyone's job is like because Basically, ninety percent of any job is like ringing up people to check that things are being going to be done when you say when you think they're going to be done. Like half your job is just organizing other people. At least, at least in my world, like half the half of the stuff you do is just basically of any kind of project management is basically chasing people up, right? And so his job was so relatable in that, like, I know you got to chase up this guy and you got to chase up this guy and then follow up that and then do this and then get this guy to help you out. And so it was so relatable to me, but. It was also kind of like, well, how would that be read if this was a woman? Like, he, there would be something about career man, Ivan Locke, you know, mm. father of two. Yeah, I th- well, I think and, and and a bad dad because he's yeah. such a – but they did kind of imply that a little bit, especially with the wife, mm. where she says, you loved the work more than me anyway. But well, the problem he's is so we don't unthinking. To- he, he walks into the house and leaves concrete on the tiles. Like, that's t- terrible. And we don't get to – um we don't get to – see her before she finds out very much mm. like it would have been good to have them have maybe a conversation first yeah like where he doesn't tell her yeah and then have a conversation where he does tell her just so that we would get some kind of picture of what she's like because the whole time she was just emotional mm. and like anybody would be f- angry and and unfair and and like shrill and all this sort of thing yeah. if they're emotional, well, and especially given the the real time time frame. That's all she had to work with was that uh, was this sort of hour and a half. You can't expect Can I her to go. Just from- talk about the real time time frame for a minute. Yeah, he sets out and he says he's going to be an hour and a half. Yeah, that changes to be an hour and a half, like twenty five minutes later. Yeah, like no, he, the yeah, time he frame out. is all wrong. He sets out and says it's an hour and a half, and then he says I'm going to be about an hour and fifteen, and that's about twenty minutes into the movie. I kept looking at my watch, so I know these things, and then. Then I didn't sort of, keep mo- looking yeah. at my watch, but I just noticed that it wasn't. It was it wasn't longer, running right. but not much longer. But yeah, it was. It was mostly right, actually. I think it ran eighty-seven minutes. It didn't feel like it was running right to me, and because then he, when he called again, he was like, "I'm half an hour away," but and I was like, "But it's already. We're nearly at the end of the movie." Like, mm. there were all these sorts of things. It does where seem it, to stretch a bit towards the end. Yeah, but, um, I mean, you go drive. You see him driving through some roadworks and stuff. But mm-hmm. by the way, so many cops on that road. Yeah. Like there was there were sirens every couple of minutes. I was like, "What's going on?" Anyway, no, I didn't think it was too many. It was like a few, but it's the A one or something. It's like the main road between Birmingham and Birmingham and London. Yeah, it was just. I was interesting yeah. to me. I was like, "There's just so many. There's so many cops coming past." Well, and, and to me, it was like it was probably a Friday night. Mm. Although I know there was this big concrete pour in the morning, but to me it felt like a Friday night. Yeah, but it's in construction, right? So that's not yeah, it's impossible. not unusual that they would work on a Saturday. So I was figuring it was like a Friday night, and this is a major highway. Like, have you ever driven? You drive home from Sydney on a Sunday night through Goulburn, you'll see five different cop cars. Not with their lights flashing driving past you. No, not quite the same. Like but- I just drove. I drove up to Sydney yeah, I know, on that's Friday why I night, was thinking and you, I drove back here this. on Sunday night, and I saw. I saw a couple of cop cars, you know, like stopped to check your speed. I saw one cop car drive past me without its lights on. Mm. So to have something like five or six different mm. emergency vehicles pass him by with the lights going just seemed unusual to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it might well have been. It, I, I think it was just, I think it was just so that they would have more visual 
sort of stuff interest. to look at. Yeah, and and sort of the whole um, <laughs> the first ever time I took film class when I was in year nine, when I first ever did film studies, and the movie was Rear Window, and there's a siren that goes off very early in the movie. You hear a siren in the background. And the first lesson from this first ever film class was nothing that happens on screen is accidental. Mm. That siren is not accidental. The siren is there for we a reason. We talked about that with Rear Window when yeah. they were doing the, yeah, the swishing. Exactly. No, not, nothing is accidental, right? And so to, I, I think there was probably, yeah, visual interest and maybe like a sense of impending doom kind of thing. Mm. Like they they go they go running past him but they want nothing to do with him. Like there's been some accident further ahead or – you know, an ambulance needs to get through or something like that. So it's just the sense of impending doom kind of thing. And and there's probably just some practical stuff. I, from what I see on the IMDb page, it all shot over eight nights in like on that road. Mm. So here's another thing that I know about the movie. I don't remember. I must have watched a review of this or something. He, he didn't always know which calls were coming in. Oh. So he was just reacting a lot of the time to... Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I think there was something really interesting about the character as well, and I think this was really good, in spite of the fact that I don't necessarily think he was likable as, as he's so calm and measured in everything that he does. Mm. And I do think that's like a facade to cover over these cracks of mm. being an abandoned kid and feeling so angry with his father. And so he never seems angry. Mm. He's always very calm. Yep, yep. Um, and I think the Welshness helps. Can, comes so into helps. that, right? Yeah. Because And then when Welsh get, people get angry, it's more explosive as well. So yeah. it, that all of that kind of – the Welshness worked for this yeah, character. Yeah, well, and there's also culture. in uh, well, Welsh culture is very much about – smiling and speaking softly like mm. there is that culture and yeah you were so correct about it. I had a Welsh house mistress at boarding school once and when she exploded oh boy yeah well I went to um I, I went to um South British school for three years and a lot of my teachers were Welsh yeah. I picked up I still have like certain things that I say that sort of rhythmically sort of Welsh sounding and things yeah. like that because of the teachers that I had way back when I yeah. was a kid. Yeah, I, I also had a really good – we also had a really good tourist experience visiting Cardiff. Like, everyone was so friendly. Like, and, But I think it's a cultural thing of being, like, very, very friendly and, and also sort of talking gently to people. There's also a very um, – a, a lot of that kind of male culture, <laughs> male construction culture. Oh, my God. Well, the He's whole, a good man. Well, yeah, so everybody's a good man except the bastard. <laughs> the bastard who's yeah. his boss. Who's I his know. boss, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's there's some of that in um him wanting to give the baby his name. I'm like she doesn't even know you. How why you really think she's going to agree to give the baby your name? That struck me as so egotistical. I know. And he's Who like, cares? I'm going to give him his name, my name, and I've cleaned up the name. The name but is so important to him. What? And I'm like, maybe she likes her name. I don't know why you would particularly like the first Look, name, but well, maybe her last name is nice because her name is. Bethan. That's McSomething. It's like no, a really normal oh. last name. Her but first also, name is she isn't in a relationship with him. What obligation does she have to give the kid her, his name? Like, she doesn't even know the guy. Yeah, that was really, really It was uh, really, like, entitlement. male-centric. And- yeah. And, and, but also, like, why does it matter? What matters is that you're there for the kid, not whose name he has. No, but that's the has. thing, is that he wanted to... Yeah. Like... He, was, he thought that was what being a father meant, was actually being there in order to stamp yourself on the child, imprint on the child. Oh, I didn't get that so much. Was But there was this ownership. It was this yeah, ownership, ownership yeah. thing. But I think also that's – I don't think that – I mean, to, from what we can tell from the other two boys, he seems like a great dad. But yeah, he seems like a really so, good dad. But 
except for that, like, why does that matter? Because, well, that's because, so like, you... that's that kind of culture. I think that was a uh, more yeah. of a, like, a culture oh, thing, Yeah, it's, right? it's hard for us to understand because we've always accepted the idea that we will not put our names on our kids. Like, yeah. as, as women, we just, like, eh, I'm not going to put my name on my kid. It's just, like, one of those things that you kind of have to live with and you, it's not great and you know not happy with it but you know we we are a lot more accepting of it i guess as a male thing about giving your kid your name yeah and that that cult that was a the good man he's a good mm. man thing he that that well, so I mean, the, permeated the this. whole but, but the whole construction culture like he the fact like there's you know it, this one woman working in construction is rare enough like everyone he works with is male because this is what this industry the industry is like it's all about men what erecting we, oh. giant monuments in the sky, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> that the little piece of sky that we're stealing and yeah, you do it it's for the be concrete. Fifty-five meters tall. I thought it was kind of. <sighs> I I did like the fact that he was so like he wanted to make sure that it went okay. I had so even much admiration he, for him in that. Yeah, even though he got fired, even though he didn't have to do it. He wanted to make sure it went okay, and he put a lot into making sure it went okay mm. because he had pride in his – like, he had devoted this time to it, mm. and he didn't want it to go badly. Um, I liked that. That was – yeah, I liked that too, actually, because that was kind of a – you know, even though he failed pretty much everybody in his personal life. Yeah. I, and I can understand that as well. Like, no matter what you it, – it's interesting sort of how you could become attached to your job even though it might not be the thing you set out to do, it might not be your calling, but you do a job it for does long seem enough. Like concrete was his calling. Yeah, but you do. A jo- <laughs> but that, that's what I was wondering, though. Like you do a job for. It doesn't seem like that, but you do a job for long enough. You really start. You. I mean, you do a job and you care about doing it, regardless of the content of the job. Mm. It, it's more about. It, it didn't matter that whether it was pouring concrete or if he was. I don't know, like if he was a podiatrist or if he was a teacher, if it was whatever he was, like he could have been anything, but he was a concrete guy. And so that was what he did and that was what he cared about. And he he wanted to see it through. That was a really nice character trait, but it was in, I mean, in the in the context of it all, I, I suppose it's interesting to think about, but it was a good, that was one of his really good character traits to yeah. be so focused and have such good attention to detail. And it does really, it does really seem like he was a good, yeah, dad. Like his kids, even though we didn't see them, clearly adored him. Yep, and there were lots of rituals they had together, and things yeah. that they wanted. They all did as a family, and yeah, yeah. Like mum's bought the sausages. She's wearing the shirt. You know, we I have know. no idea what that is, but yet you're so like invested in it. Yeah, which I think that they all did all that stuff really well, like making you invested in all these little details and making you invested yeah. in the concrete. Pour. I was so invested in the concrete. I was like, don't you? You send that that truck of C five back, Andrew Scott. You send that <laughs> truck back. Yeah, exactly. And the um. <laughs> Oh yeah, when it starts to fall apart, you become genuinely worried. Oh, and he's when when he has to run and get the Russians or the poles or whatever. Well, yeah, they are. but that's the high point. Yeah, that's, that's the like high the, point of the oh movie is him sending Donald to run to yeah. pick to go and get this street gang of construction yeah. workers to come and <laughs> fix up out. the something or others. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Support at support the time, it's things, really right? important, and you know, yeah, I, I assume um, that. 
concrete is poured in like little different parts and what because you, you can't pour a whole slab of co- big a concrete slab that big all in one go yeah, so you so pour it into little segments and all the different yeah. roads had to be closed off and there yeah. was a stop and go yeah and the stop and, and they go were running work. the stop and, and go they, and, and the, the guy, policeman had to fix it and no 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 and uh, the guy the guy um the co- councilman was in an indian restaurant i'm in an indian restaurant <laughs> He said it like four times, and you're like, like, "I know you are, but we're pouring at five forty-five yes, in the morning." But the rest, but I'm in specifically. I'm in an Indian restaurant. Like, I know. what? <laughs> why is that a thing? I'm up in a curry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why? What does it matter? Yeah, it was really uh, uh, interesting. Well, but he, I suppose that. But that's the, that's like another way people view their jobs. Like, if I had a phone call at nine o'clock on a Friday night, I would be like, "What?" I don't know. Yes, I understand that, but like, uh, well, the, I'm in an Indian restaurant. Yeah, but th- that's the thing. It's like he he's like, but but it's Friday night. I'm in a restaurant. I'm in an Indian restaurant. I'm having a curry. Like, why are you calling me? Um, Surely this can wait. I've just realised also that the person that I was picturing in my head for Donald the entire time was a guy who looks an awful lot like Jared Harris. And so now, oh. when whenever we talk about him, I'm like, I have ever, I have a moment every single time so, where I have to re-picture Andrew Scott doing because that. I'm an idiot and I I didn't know it was Andrew Scott until the end when I went, oh, of course it was. I pictured this like skinny 25 year old Irish kid. See, yeah, I, yeah. I kept picturing Jared Harris because because. My friend had said, that's Moriarty almost as soon as he started talking. Right. So and in my head, I'm like, oh, it's Jared Harris. So the whole time I was picturing a guy oh, who looks Natalie like Jared Dormer. Harris. <laughs> no. I, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Interestingly, though, the the person that I sort of had in my mind as his wife did look kind of like Ruth Wilson. Well, I was – there was one point where her voice did this cracky thing that Ruth Wilson's, Ruth Wilson's voice does. I'm like, is that Ruth Wilson? And then I, I sort of was like, okay, whatever. And I, I recognized Olivia Coleman's voice, but I couldn't put a name to it because I was like, I know Who that actor. Who is Olivia Coleman? Um, was she in Dollhouse? Is that her? No, that's Olivia Williams. Oh, well, Olivia Coleman is, she's in a lot of stuff. Okay, because I, I, yeah, I know my Josh shows. In spite of him being titled, I, entitled, I still like. I think Tom Hardy did such a good job, mm. and you still connect to him. He may even not have been likable, but he was definitely sympathetic. See, I think a lot of people would have found him likable. Oh yeah, well, I mean, none of his sins were like none of them were beyond any of us. Like all of it was kind of stuff that we could all do wrong. I guess. I mean, I don't have any children. I don't know about, but you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that 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 is a particular I found male it thing. Really, it the thing is. I think for me, it felt almost worse that they had to keep pointing out that she wasn't pretty, she wasn't young, she wasn't. And I'm like, that's not for for one thing. It doesn't make it better that you did it, and for another thing, now it just feels like you're being mean to her. Well, and you're I, the one who slept with her. I agree. I feel feels mean. Like it, it wouldn't matter if she was like a 22 year old model. It doesn't. The point is that she's having your kid, and you need to stand up and take responsibility. Like, no matter what lies you tell your wife about her being old and ugly and whatever. And the "I love you" thing was kind of humiliating. Yeah, and I didn't like that. That always made me feel really off well, and I, awkward. I I was just like, she's bloody well in labor. Just freaking lie. Like, make no, some lie up. Like, no, I don't. I get that. I like, couldn't. no, you don't have to tell her you love her, but you can at least tell her something reassuring. You're doing a great job. I'm going to be there. Though. He like, really did do that, right? And then she was like, I love you. Can't you say it back? And he said no. So I get that because I, I know I wouldn't do it. Like, I mean, he was a bit patronizing, but mm-hmm. he was also – he he seemed to be genuinely trying and he was saying you're in the best hands and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like, 
I don't think that yeah. what he did was inappropriate necessarily, but I did. I, it wasn't so much what he did as what she did that, like, you know what I mean? Like the the way that it was written rather than his well, reaction to it. Well, it did seem it. really unlikely. Like it's more like – it's not like that she would ask that. It, she would be more – I feel like she would have – more pressing concerns as well. Yeah, that was really, I don't think, <laughs> I think that's the point at which it became most obvious that it was written by a man when mm. she was like, I love you, can't you say it back? And I'm like, dude. She's in labor, man. <laughs> like, she doesn't care if you love her right now. All she cares about is that she's in a lot of pain and she wants your support. Also, how early did you, like, how early did you figure out that there was another woman having his baby? Oh, I don't know. It was not long. Yeah. I remember it being like really before she before it. I don't think it's a secret. Apparent. Yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, it was just I it's was just clear curious. that there's somebody in labor from very early on. Yeah, so I, I was just curious about that. But like, it was weird how he thought about the baby. It was so like there wasn't any. It didn't feel like there was any genuine connection there. No, it, it was, was all duty. Yeah, and and enti- and and ownership. Yeah. Duty and ownership. But there was a moment that I thought was really sweet where he was like, there's a person coming into the world. Mm. But then he would well, say, because, and it's my fault. And I'm like, it's well, not a mistake that you made. It's that's a person. The thing. It, early, yeah, yeah, really. It, I think that's, I think the language changed at that point, though. I think before that point, it was all like, this is my mistake and I have to fix it. This is my fault. This mm. is. But then he actually moves to, there's, well, he says, there's a person coming into this world and it's my fault. But I think he, his language moves after that and it's more about there's someone giving birth to my child. But, yeah, he definitely – he improves his language over the course. It's a journey over the course. Yeah, of the and there's a moment – like the very last moment of the movie is him connecting to the baby. So I think mm. that's actually a journey that he goes on where like when he hears the baby crying, he's yeah, like, goes oh, from my God. my fault to being a person. Yeah, I think – I think part of that was also colored by that relationship that he had with his dead father. Yeah. Which was so unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So un- and I can understand that he was like angry with him and all that sort of stuff. It was so vitriolic. Right. Yeah. And was, that was where he, he let was, out all of this anger. He and was, was not really just not- angry at the guy. He wanted to dig him up and throw his, like desecrate his corpse. Yeah. It was. Um, I mean, he was really horrible to him. So. No, I get that the dad was horrible, but that was like, it was also really undealt with anger. Yeah, like, that was that, which is interesting because, like, his father was dead; that he was gone, and he had not dealt with the pain and the anger that he had towards well, him. Well, because he never had him, yeah. I think, is part of the problem. It was weird that he had his name, <laughs> by well, the way. Yeah, but anyway. Also, can I just point out his name is Locke? Um, there was not a moment when he said that that I didn't immediately think Lost. I also recently rewatched Lost, but even if I hadn't. Like, the only lock in the world is John Locke, right? Mm. Like, that's it. Especially with the E yeah, on the Yeah, well, end. <laughs> what's the John Locke philosophy as well? I'm, I'm trying to remember what that is because, of course, all It the... would be something John... around John Locke was... faith. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. John Locke had – there's some very specific, slightly unpleasant philosophy that's associated yeah, yeah. with John it'll Locke. Be, it'll be something around uh, – it'll be something around faith um, – and it'll be something like because because I am only basing this on the fact that the the show had John Locke as the like the man yeah but it also had Rousseau yeah and then it had Desmond David Hume Hume yeah so John Locke it. is is the father of classical liberalism so he's all about the rights of the individual and yeah. the and you know laissez faire and 
choose your own destiny and yeah yeah which is exactly i mean yeah yeah, yeah. that's sort of although yeah. that's weird cuz Jean-Jacques Jean was the one who be- believed in destiny in yeah. the show and Jean-Jacques Rousseau was all about the nat- you know the innate nature of man and that we can't overcome that and all that kind of stuff that kind of makes sense for her yeah. character though yeah, yeah. Uh, how do we get oh right um, so <laughs> Locke, John Locke, we're supposed to be talking about Locke. This is a really movie. hard one this, to do. This, by the way, was – actually, no, this wasn't my experience of the movie. My experience of the movie was it was a Saturday afternoon I was tired and I was looking at my watch a lot. Well, um, it's a it's a hard one to do because it's so minimalist, mm. I think. Like, I actually did quite enjoy it and I'm going to give it quite a high mark because I thought – it the was put together, was amazing. but I also thought it was put together. It was written very well. Yeah. And here's why I think it was written very well. It has a very good act structure. Yep. It really keeps it moving and keeps you interested, but also gives you enough information so that you don't feel frustrated that you don't know things. Yeah. You have to the do only... a little bit of work, but not too yeah, much. Yeah. But that's good because it keeps you yeah, yeah, it keeps like, you engaged. Working. The only thing that... <laughs> really frustrated me and it's dumb is that like I couldn't tell whether a call was incoming or outgoing and so I couldn't tell if he was being called or calling someone oh, and it okay. kind of frustrated me and the other thing was See, that- it was usually obvious to me from his reaction and it really uh, as early on he just answers every call pretty much straight away but as as it goes on and things get worse it takes him longer and longer to answer people's calls yeah but that's the other thing and he is, deliberately puts people off the other thing that gets me is that there's um every so often that goes you have a call waiting yeah and it never gets to what the call I waiting know, because is the, the call is gone by the time he goes i know but that that pissed me off mm. i'm like if you can't it just you can't drop something in a script and not follow it up. Yeah, that kind of like that's not what you but can it, do in uh, movies. In certain cases, especially it's in a movie like but this, but it's quite often followed up. It's like because after at least one of them, he's the bastard. The boss comes back and is like, talks to him. No, no, no. The bastard ones because it came up with bastard, but like, but a lot of the time it was just you yeah. Have but a there, call there waiting. is a call waiting, and then. Um, one time you one hear time. the message, yeah, but the you have a call waiting comes up more than yeah, that. Yeah, but you have a call waiting comes up, and the bastard calls, and it's implied that he was he cried call just. before. I know it was implied, but it doesn't. It dangles. It like so. The thing for me, just being me. See, I didn't mind that at all. I thought that yeah. was kind of good. I know. I knew it wouldn't. I like. Other I like a bit of an unanswered problem. But for me, it was like because I would just the whole call. Because if it were me getting the call, I just kept remembering I have a call waiting. I have a call waiting. So I was like, he has a call waiting, yeah, and then it the wouldn't phone, follow. Get off the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it wouldn't follow up, and I would be like, what happened to the call waiting? And yeah. that only ever paid off once. And, and that he was... never, he never listens to the message. Yeah, and that only ever paid off once, mm. which was the the son's message, oh, right? Yeah, and uh, which was a wonderful moment. Yeah, and I thought the kids who played the kids must yeah, have been great. They must have been great. I didn't even check who they were. Um, I was too busy worrying about the famous adult actors. Yeah, but that 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 dangling thing—it's just this kind of itch at the back of my neck. Okay, and I knew that wouldn't bother other people, and that's fine. Um, mm. it's just something that it it didn't affect my grade of the movie actually at all. Yeah. My grade of the movie doesn't reflect this. This was just like a thing that was one mm. of my little quirks where I was like, no, you have to get back to the call waiting. Like it, they said there was a call waiting. What is it? You uh, know? Yeah. Again, because I have a like events management typey job and I get so many goddamn phone calls every day. I'm just like, eh, leave a message. I'll get to it. <laughs> well, that's – yeah. And I'm, so I'm, I'm like, like too many phone calls. Ugh. Whereas I'm more like if anybody – if anybody, like, especially if any of the students wanted me or something, I would just be like, I have to get back to them right now. Like, 
I can't forget that. That's important. Oh, I don't forget my calls. I ret- I'm actually really good at returning my calls. But I also – there are some t- some points in my day where I'm just like, I don't want to talk to any more people. I can't deal with it. Yeah. No, they just – that was just the thing. Like, I, yeah. I don't cope. And if, and if I – Ignore a call, it's always itching at me that I'm supposed to well, go back to them and I'm the ignoring them on purpose. Also, if you ignore a call, inevitably it's something that someone that can help you or is important. So you're like, no, I have to call this person back. So that was just a little tiny niggling yeah. thing that kind of annoyed me. I actually thought it was shot quite well. It was quite mm. pretty in a lot of places. Yeah, I, um, want, I, I totally want that um, BMW X3. Oh, no, I know. I want one I of those like, fancy. car is so fancy. I was I like, want wow, look how fancy that car is. You can take phone calls in it. We both of us drive like 10, 11-year-old. My, my car's about 11 years old. I think yours is roughly the same. Mine is uh, 12. 12 years old. Like we, we both drive really old cars. Being able to take a phone call in your car without having to use your phone or your headphones is like science fiction to us. <laughs> it really is. Just being able to listen to podcasts in our car is like science fiction. <laughs> anyway, have you got a mark for lock? Oh, three Let's and up- a half stars. Okay, I'm going three. Excellent. Okay, right. If you want to read Katie's review of Locke, then you might be waiting some time, but you can go to her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to read the show notes, there's not going to be any show notes. We just talked about Con for an hour. I don't know. I I know I heard about Locke from somewhere and I heard about him doing the Welsh accent and I just can't remember we where will, I heard okay, about well, it Well, if you find the show notes, we'll post them on silverscreenqueens.com. It might be that I watched the um, What the Flick. I might have watched uh, the What okay. the Flick about it. Also, you can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at screen underscore queens. You can find us on Many other places, but also Tumblr. <laughs> well, then you we can have find us on I've forgotten. Hang on a we, minute. No, well, we also have a Google Plus and an Instagram, but I do don't. We? Really, yeah, I don't really <laughs> advertise those because I don't do much with them. And there's also a Tumblr, which we do do a bit with, which is tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And I think that's everything. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.